All right, folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll. Oh, I realize I'm in the wrong window. Uh, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to chat about a couple of things tonight. Most importantly, we're going to chat about Christian Brown. We're going to chat about what his future is in the NBA with the Denver Nuggets, uh, what it's going to look like. I have some various takes that I want to discuss on this episode of the 20 Question series. This is part three. The first two parts involved Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon. So going to have plenty of time to discuss each of these guys, but I wanted to be able to chat about Christian Brown. Obviously, I've done the interview with Christian Brown back in March, I think. So uh, I like I like Christian. He's a good guy. He seems very like like he's got his head on his on his shoulders pretty well, and I think it just makes a lot of sense to talk about him and and why the Nuggets have put a lot of faith into him. They really have put a lot of faith into Christian Brown. Uh, we will get to that in just a bit here, but first, I do want to discuss James Harden. I think that that is important, and that's the big piece of news that's coming out of the NBA right now. And the actual discussion that's happening right now is about what Harden said. I believe he was at an event in China, uh, just speaking to a bunch of fans and then some kids, and uh, he made sure to get in front of the cameras and with a whole bunch of people surrounding him and was like, Daryl Morey is a liar. I will not be playing for the Philadelphia 76ers while he's a part of the organization, basically. And actually, it may not have even gotten to that. I think it just wants out of Philly entirely. And it is really, really funny because I remember back to when James Harden back in 2020, uh, the 2020-21 season, when he was on the trade block initially with the Houston Rockets after pulling a similar stunt. And and he was playing his way out of Houston, doing his best to get himself to a destination that he wanted to be. And he basically did the same stuff. Was like, all right, I don't want to be here. I would rather do something else. I would rather be somewhere else. I'm going to throw a hissy fit. And he did that. And then he got himself to Brooklyn. He got himself to Philly doing basically the same thing. And then now he's going to probably throw a hissy fit in Philly until he gets moved. So this is going to be a big old game of chicken as well. And I'm not really surprised that this is what's happening because this is just the pattern of behavior for James Harden. Um, But it is funny that Denver was in rumors for James Harden at one point back in 2020. A lot of people were like, why don't you just trade Jamal Murray for him? Why don't you just trade Michael Porter Jr. for him? What are you doing, Denver? Why are you not mortgaging your future for this star because of how talented he is. And it was really, really funny to hear that as a proponent of not trading for James Harden at that point. I was like, I would rather have Jamal Murray more than James Harden straight up. Was basically laughed at by a lot of people. Look at me now. That's a pretty funny transition. And then the other one was Michael Porter Jr. And I know that Porter's contract isn't like, isn't awesome. But are you going to be the team that now pays James Harden a three or four year max deal, which is about four years, $200 million? Are you sure you really want to do that? Are you actually going to do that for James Harden? Uh, Now, Philly, they're in a different spot because they promised him. They promised him that money. They said, hey, you take a pay cut now. 
you take a pay cut in the 2022 offseason. And he basically was like, all right, I will sign a different contract, a, a smaller contract below the max threshold with enough room in order to get players like P.J. Tucker, Daniel House, DeAnthony Melton in a trade. He did all of those things in order to acquire good role player depth around Embiid and Harden. And he did a good job. Like, I, I think that was a, a valiant thing for James Harden to do. And he had the expectation that he would be rewarded for that at the end of this season. Because you know how teams do it. I, we were talking about it with Bruce Brown, right? We are talking about it with Bruce Brown. This is the Bobby Portis extension from Milwaukee, where he gets way below market value in the first year out of after when he's a free agent. And then the next year, when he gets back onto the market, they give him the deal that they promised him the previous year. This is what the Nuggets wanted to, or what they could have done with Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown decided, no, nah, I'm getting 20 plus million from Indiana. I'm going to walk. And that was fine. What Harden did is very similar. He, he and Daryl Morey, I'm sure they got together and they were like, you know what? I would like to... I would like to stay here. I would like to be paid. I'd like to be paid eventually, but I don't have to be paid now if it means you're going to pay me later. And I'm sure that Daryl Morey was like, cool, man. Like, let's do that. That sounds like a great idea. And then this year happens and Harden flames out spectacularly along with the Philadelphia 76ers. And that's a problem because now if you're Philly, you're like, uh, I know we made this promise before, and it was great back then when we thought we were going to get a different version of James Harden in the playoffs. But the version that you got, the version that actually showed up in the playoffs this year, was not the one that they were going to want to pay a max. So Daryl Morey's going to go back on his word, and that's like more power to him for exercising that right because that is his right to do. Like I don't want to just sit here and bemoan that, but I do think that. It's going to burn him. I think a lot of people see what's going on on both sides of this, where, yeah, James Harden doesn't really have much of a leg to stand on because of his previous behavior, nor should he. There's no reason for him to actually, like, it's it's disgusting, frankly, what he's done in three different situations. But it doesn't pardon Daryl Morey, who has done this multiple times and is like, I'm willing to get uncomfortable for the betterment of my team. I'm willing to do that. It's not going to lead to anything. It's not. He thinks it's the best course of action. What the real best course of action is, is to take a slightly lesser deal and be like, all right, we understand that we didn't get the best possible use of assets, but we are keeping the culture. We're keeping everybody happy and we're going to enjoy going to work the next day. That's the Tim Connolly special, by the way. It's what a lot of people criticize Tim Connolly for. Maybe not getting the best possible deal, but the team was happy, and the team was still in a great position where they could get the stuff done. They needed that last little push at the end, and that's what that's great that Calvin Booth was able to do that. Don't get me wrong, but that is a Tim Connolly special. It's like, I, I don't need the most, the maximum amount of value in the deal based off of the analytics and the estimated wins added and things like that. No, that's not how this works. I think that what's ultimately going to happen here is that both of these guys are wrong. Harden, Maury, Embiid for being a part of it by proxy. He's, he's wrong. Uh, and he was wrong in the Ben Simmons situation too. 
very similar to how I feel in the Damian Lillard situation. Everybody is to blame in that situation too. Everybody's to blame in this situation. Everybody sucks. <laughs> that's the that's the point of this is that everybody is trying to maximize what's best for them, and in doing so, they have compromised what could have been a good situation for everybody, a good outcome for everybody. Instead of acquiring Daniel House or somebody akin to that, the Sixers could have absolutely paid Harden and not asked him to take a pay cut. He took a massive pay cut at that point. And I'm not surprised that this is ultimately going to be an issue for them. But it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I'm really curious to see what ultimately becomes of this. Are the Clippers going to actually pony up and give something equivalent to actual value? I don't know. Are the Sixers going to be like, we don't need actual value anymore. We just want to get rid of this uh, eyesore that's going on. I don't know what's actually going to happen here. But what I do know is that this situation is pretty ugly. It's not a great look for the league. And that's a pretty consistent thing. So we will see what happens. But I think we should take a break. And when we come back, Christian Brown. We're going to talk about Christian. We are going to talk about what's going on with CB after his rookie season. But first, everybody, this podcast, as you know, it's brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. You hear that? That's the sound of football coming back. And now is the time to place your preseason bets with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in Vegas. And now you can use promo code MILEHIGH to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they'll match your first bet up to $250 with promo code MILEHIGH. Make sure not to miss out on this new deal. Match your first bet. Don't miss out this football season. Win some money with Superbook Sports and that promo code MILEHIGH. This is Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Pickaxe and Roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. As always, had to kick out the new roommate that we have in our in our, uh, in our apartment now. Uh, our The kitten that is now staying with one of my roommates has a, has a cat. He found his way into the room, uh, into the podcast room for the first time. So, hilariously, that is, uh, that is awesome. Um, all right, let's see. Let's see what we should talk about now. Let's talk about Christian Brown. How about that? Let's talk about Christian Brown. He is a very important piece of the Denver Nuggets future. And now is a very important piece of the Denver Nuggets present. And I'm not really surprised that this has happened. I'm not really surprised that this is the way that things have gone. Because when you draft somebody and they're immediately good and helpful, you want to continue with that. You want to continue to allow a player like that to have as much freedom as possible, as much room for growth as possible. And I think the Nuggets are in a good spot with Christian Brown when it comes to what he's going to be now and what he can be going forward. The expectations are perfect for him because they are like, it's not like anybody's asking him to do anything too crazy. It's just about getting better, getting to a more consistent place. He's not asked to be a starter immediately to carry that burden but he is going to be asked to improve. And Denver's going to have to have him improve without Bruce Brown. Because when Bruce goes to Indiana and Jeff Green goes out, 
He goes to Houston. Christian Brown's the only guy left in the playoff rotation off the bench. And Denver has had to entirely remake their bench, basically. Now with the injury to Vlako Chanchar, there's a lot to worry about when it comes to Denver's bench. And I think that just because they have the best starting group in the NBA doesn't mean that they, I mean, they're still going to have some issues. They're going to have the, the issues when those guys come off the floor. So I am very curious to see what he ultimately does and how he builds off of this rookie season. But the clear indication here, Calvin Booth, he struck gold. There's no doubt in my mind that Calvin Booth like absolutely hit the jackpot when it comes to Christian Brown. In his first season, he played 76 games, 76 out of 82 for the one seed in the West, and then he played 19 out of 20 playoff games. Like, that's insane. That is an insane number. And to put it in perspective, the number of rookies, and I I put this stat up on X, uh, X x.com. It is a great stat about Christian Brown and how rare it is for guys to play that many playoff minutes in their first season. Here's the list since 2000 of 6'6 to 6'8 rookies to play 200-plus playoff minutes. Manu Ginobili, Jason Tatum, Kawhi Leonard, Harrison Barnes, Paul Millsap, Justice Winslow, Draymond Green, Richard Jefferson, OG Ananobi, Herb Jones, Andres Nocioni, Semi Ojale, Boyan Bogdanovich, Gordon Gierashek, and Jalen Brown. Oh, and Christian Brown. Christian Brown joins that group. That is, if if you don't include Christian in there because we don't know what he's going to be, that's 11 out of 15 guys that are starting caliber or better. Like, just a really, really awesome player. And, like, that's if that's the group that Christian's going to ultimately become, like, that's fantastic. We are very, very lucky if you're a Nuggets fan, to have a player like Christian Brown that you could translate and say, this is a rookie that could potentially be something more. Uh, That's an exciting piece. And the fact that he was capable enough that Michael Malone felt like he could trust him in a playoff series, let alone four separate playoff series, is a massive, massive, uh, it's it's just a massive, massive boon. Uh, Cedric, good good to see you, my guy. We will have to We'll have to hang out at some point. Um, I don't agree with those uh, with some of those names, but yeah, I mean some of the ones at the end. Don't get me wrong, but like I'm I'm talking about the vast majority of them. Like I I, I just went through it. I'm, I'm not including Justice Winslow, Gordon Gierashek, or Semi Ojale, but everybody else basically is a starter caliber player, um, which is nuts. I don't think he's going to be Manu Ginobili. I don't think that those expectations are healthy. That's not what I'm really asking for here. I'm not asking, I wouldn't ask for anybody to be a Hall of Fame type guy off the bench, nor should Christian Brown try to be that. He should try to be Christian Brown. And the best way for him to do that is to just get better at what he can get better at. But the most important thing, it's not often that a rookie wing plays in the playoffs and he was able to deliver on that. Five players that I I did a a comprehensive search based off of the amount of minutes that he played, based off of the playoff minutes that he played, based off of the style of player that I think he's going to be. Here are five players that I would compare Christian Brown to. One, Trevor Ariza. Two, Austin Reeves. Three, Matisse Thibel. Four, James Ennis. And five, Jay Crowder. 
those are probably not the sexiest names when it comes to all-star ceiling, major impact, high-quality starter, guys like that. But I don't know if that's why you drafted Christian Brown in the first place. And I think that ex- ex- like hoping that he can become an all-star is probably the wrong course of action when it comes to Christian. I think that the actual healthy expectation for him is that he's one of those high-value role-player wings that can do some of the things you need, not do all of the things you need, like as a pick-and-roll ball handler, creating off the dribble for himself and others at a high level, scoring on high volume. Like I don't think that's going to be what Christian Brown is, and I don't think that Nuggets fans think that's what Christian Brown's going to be either. But there are still so much value to other guys like Ariza, Austin Reeves, Jay Crowder. Those are, I think, the three higher level outcomes when it comes to Christian Brown. A couple of other names that I had on there, Patrick McCaw. He is a guy who, in his first two seasons, won two championships with the Golden State Warriors in his first season, and then I think with the Toronto Raptors in his second season. The problem is and that you, you, some of you may not even know who Patrick McCaw is. Like, and that's for good reason, because he was the 38th pick in the 2017 or 2018 draft, one of those two, and he has basically faded into the ether as a guy that didn't work out, even though he was a rookie that played in a playoff environment. I think that that's probably the widest range of outcomes for him, is I, I initially had Desmond Bain on the list as like a high-level outcome for Christian Brown. And then I think a guy like Patrick McCaw would be on the lower end of outcomes. It is important to understand who Christian Brown is going to be. It's important to understand the kind of player that you're looking for here. And I think that what's interesting about Austin Reeves, and I think this is a an important salient point here, Cedric, is that Austin Reeves wasn't this massive value guy for the Lakers last year, or a couple of years ago in his rookie season, he had a 13% usage rate, like really, really low, very role player-esque, and he wasn't asked to do a lot. And then as he's been asked to do a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, he's proving that he can handle it. We don't know if Christian Brown is going to be able to handle it or not. I think that it's very fair to say that he probably won't handle it to the degree that Austin Reeves did, where he became a second-year starter and it's probably the third best player on the Western Conference Finals, Los Angeles Lakers. Like, that's probably not what's going to happen. And that's okay. But I think that what Christian Brown can provide is a little bit of that niche value and fill in a lot of the gaps for what the Nuggets are looking for. As a secondary ball handler, maybe. Maybe not like a primary guy, but somebody who can run the occasional pick and roll. I think that that's what's going to have to happen. If Christian Brown wants to make a leap, uh, he's going to have to get more comfortable as a scorer. He's going to have to get more comfortable as a even a defender, where he's had some great moments as a defensive guy, but a lot of it is very safe when it comes to just staying in front of your man, shadowing your guy, and then if somebody shoots over you, so be it. I want to see him become a playmaker too. Like the steal that he had in the NBA Finals as a like a helper where he was game three, very important moment for him where he has 15 points in that game, 
has that major transition dunk after the steal, but him getting out in transition and really making plays can be like that can really turn him into a like from a good defensive player to a great defensive player. And that's probably his best avenue to becoming the best possible player he can be. If he can be a great defensive player, there's no doubt he can be a starter in the NBA. Zero doubt. I think there are questions as to not his athleticism, but like his frame, uh, his actual skill set when it comes to high-level stuff. Usually you want to build on an elite skill. I don't think he has an elite offensive skill. I think that he's good in a lot of different areas. And if he continues to be good in those areas, maybe that's good enough. Maybe he's just a jack-of-all-trades, master of none, does a little bit of everything. And the high IQ is his best trait because he does have high IQ. And that should really aid him in this process. But I am very curious to see what the leap looks like for him. I'm very curious to see whether he can actually step up in that regard. He basically averaged 15 minutes per game as a rookie in his first season. Uh, in the regular season, and then 13 minutes per game in the playoffs. Those numbers are going to have to go up. That is a requirement for Denver. If they don't go up, something went wrong, and Denver's probably not winning a title. Sorry. like They're, they're going to have to have a leap from Christian Brown when it comes to wing minutes and just being helpful and being impactful. The numbers for him are not actually great. The, like the role-playing, spotting up and cutting numbers, those are good. Rebounding numbers, those are good. But when it comes to actually playmaking and staying involved, he was very much out of the way in a lot of sets. And honestly, like defensively, he was kind of out of the way in a lot of those defensive impact metrics. It's one of the reasons why, regular season-wise, he actually wasn't a high-value rookie from a defensive analytics standpoint. That is a fault of analytics because his actual man on defense and like help side defense was pretty good, but it's still a process. And I think that he's still going to have to learn how to shoot gaps a little bit better, how to make some plays, block some shots, get into guys and really bother them, and then just kind of be an asshole. That's, that's the best way that he can learn. So we will see what it looks like for him, but if he averages 15 minutes per game, that's going to be a no-no. I think he's going to have to average at least 20 a night, and that is where he's going to have to live. So, tell you what, let's take one more break. When we come back, we are going to chat about Christian Brown versus Bruce Brown as a six-man, what that means for Denver, and what Christian Brown's ceiling actually is. We'll be right back. But first, this podcast is associated with Good Morning Broncos. Good Morning Broncos is a podcast on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network that covers the Broncos every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Make sure to wake up with Cody Rourke as he breaks down all the Broncos stuff. We had a great episode uh, earlier today where Broncos coming off of a preseason game. Lots of controversial stuff about Russell Wilson and the offense and things like that. So make sure to chat about that. Make sure to go give Cody a like on, on some of his content. He's doing great stuff. All right, final segment here. What's next for Christian Brown? What are the actually? Yeah, let's let's go with that. 
what is next for him? I mentioned the minutes. I think he's going to have to be up over 20 a game. What does that look like, though? Is he ever over 20 a game every single night? Is it just when he's filling into the starter? I think that if I'm projecting minutes, just looking back on Bruce Brown's minutes, he played over 2,000 minutes, over 2,200 minutes for Denver during the regular season this last year because he played 80 games and he averaged 28.5 minutes a night. That's crazy. That is a crazy number for a sixth man. And it's because on the nights where he didn't, like where he started, he was averaging over 30 minutes per game, basically. And he started in like 30 plus games. I think it was 31. And then in the times where he wasn't starting, he was closer to like 20, 25 in that general range. But it makes it easy when you're always there and you're always available and you have the like that level of adapt- adaptability, excuse me, malleability, doing a lot of different things, being versatile. And I think that Christian can do that too. I think that that's a, a very important piece of this conversation between Christian Brown and Bruce Brown. Now, Bruce is a little bit more of a ball handler. He's a little bit more confident with his shot, rightly or wrongly. Christian is very much more tentative when it comes to the offensive side of the game. He was a little bit more afraid of making mistakes, and as a result, he made some mistakes. <laughs> That's just kind of a part of things. He's going to have to slow it down, and he's, also, he's just going to have to get more comfortable. And I think that he will. I think that this is part of the process with him. He's going to improve as a ball handler. The number of drives that he had per game, like it was 1.9 during the regular season, 1.1 during the playoffs, maybe it was 1.3. Uh, either way, that's not enough. It's going to have to basically double or triple in this next year if he wants to be a consistent, impactful offensive player. Because just spotting up and watching Reggie Jackson or Jamal Murray, like that's just not going to happen. He's got to be better than that. And there is a part of me that thinks, okay, 6-7, if you're at the 2, if you're playing consistent backup shooting guard minutes, basically, what does that look like? Can you be a DHO option with Nikola Jokic? Can you run some isolations every now and then. The second unit is going to be a pretty pell-mell group of Reggie Jackson, Zeke Naji, maybe Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray stagger with the second unit, but there's a lot of opportunity for for like actual consistent offense out there. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Christian Brown brings to the table, whether he could fill some of that void as a ball handler, as a decision maker, and, and if he's up to the task. Because if he is, it really changes things for Denver. It puts them into a good position. I don't know if that's going to actually come to pass, but I do think that he seems like a guy who is just going to continue to improve every single year, knows what he has to do to get better, has a good process, has a good head on his shoulders, doesn't want the expectations to be super high, but like keeps the expectations high on himself. And that allows him to just improve marginally every single season. I think that's an important piece of this. So I think Enigma says it, says it correctly here. Uh, if he improves jump shot, watch out. Defensively, he's already one of the better defenders at his position in the league. I do agree. I think he can be better than that. I think he can be great as a defensive player. Now, it's going to take a little bit of effort. It's going to take uh, dedication at that point in order to actually become that level of guy. But I think that in general, Christian Brown is one of those players that 
because Denver drafted him, they're going to commit to him. They're going to allow him to make some mistakes. They're going to play through some of those mistakes, especially coming off of a title regular season. You know that Michael Malone is at least a little bit worried about overworking his guys, putting them in a position where they're too tired to really defend the run. Why not play the 22-year-old Christian Brown a little bit more? Take some of the pressure off of KCP and Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray and guys like that. I think that Christian Brown's going to play a lot, and I think that he's going to take a lot of the pressure off of those guys, especially defensively. Like I can absolutely see Christian Brown kind of being that Bruce Brown type where when Bruce Brown comes in, he's the main defensive guy in a lot of cases, or he was. And now you've got Christian Brown, who at 6'6", 6'7", not long arms, but like athletic enough that he can stick with guys. Like He could really provide an impact as a defensive player. But he's going to have to do it, and he's going to have to be dedicated to that aspect of his game every single night. It's going to be tough. Real question, can Denver trust Christian Brown to make the needed improvements? Because this is part of it for me. This was one of the reasons why I thought that they would use that taxpayer MLE on somebody at his position or maybe just like another point of attack defender, somebody who could replace Bruce Brown in a way. I think they think that Reggie Jackson can do some of those things offensively that Bruce Brown was doing. Maybe not the screening and diving, but uh, the ball handling, the creation off the dribble, running a second unit, things like that. That's going to be what Reggie Jackson's role is. That's not what Christian Brown does. But there's also going to be some times where the team's going to be like, we don't really want Reggie Jackson on the floor in crunch time. We don't really want Reggie Jackson on the floor in this important fourth quarter uh, end of third quarter stretch where really need the decision-making on both ends of the floor to be crisp. Can Christian Brown do enough offensively to make it so that you don't have to have Reggie Jackson out there the entire time? I think that's an important piece of this, and that's something that I'm watching. Uh, because if he can do it, and he, if he can run some pick and roll, if he could actually, like let's say, run some DHOs with Nicola, then that would really elevate Denver's rotation in a lot of different ways. Because if you can play him at, like, maybe not the one, but play him at the two, and you have KCP at the one or something like that, you're not playing a true point guard while Jamal Murray rests, but you can be better defensively. You can put out a great defensive unit if Christian Brown is capable at all of doing some creation, if, if KCP is capable at all of doing some creation. Those are important aspects to this. And that's where... I'm a little bit surprised that Denver didn't bring in somebody else because they're putting a lot of pressure on him. Justin Holiday is the other guy that I'm at least watching. There is a small possibility that Justin Holiday is like pretty good again, given that he's playing in a functional system and somebody who's similar to DeMontis Sabonis, where Justin Holiday flourished in Indiana. And they're like, you know what? We actually think that Justin Holiday is a better player right now than Christian Brown. And he might play over him. I, I know that people are going to be like, what the hell, Ryan? Why are you saying stuff like that? Well, it's possible. It's at least it's at least possible. So I think that Christian Brown's going to get the, the full gambit. He, like, he's going to have many opportunities to go through it and improve. If he doesn't improve, then Denver might go to Justin Holiday, or they might make a trade. They might be like, you know what? We're just going to go with the veteran. And that would be that would be pretty disappointing, I think, given what happened to Bruce Brown and the expectations that were put on Christian Brown. 
and that I think are rightly put on Christian Bell. It's his time. It's his time to improve. It's his time to get better. And I think in general, uh, Christian's, he has a great opportunity here. If he doesn't take advantage of it, then that'll be a little bit disappointing. I'm in Christian's camp. I think that he's going to be great. I think that he's going to be a really, really great player. I think that his ceiling in general is somebody similar to Trevor Ariza. Ariza, I was looking through his basketball reference page. Started, he came into the league at 19, like 19 years old. Christian Brown was in his age 21 season, a little bit different than that. But Trevor Ariza took him until he was 24 that he was actually a consistent starter, like five years. It doesn't always happen immediately. Now, he was playing a role before that. He found out, he found some good opportunities in New York and then ultimately went to LA and played a massive role for the Lakers in their championships in 2009 and 2010. I think that Christian Brown could be somebody similar where he finds a role, isn't always like at the top end of the rotation, but ultimately becomes somebody that they can trust. Is that going to happen this year? Probably not. Uh, maybe it does. Is it going to happen next year? And you start to get into that realm of you probably want it to happen as soon as possible. So year three, year four, you're probably hoping that Christian Brown is the starter in place of KCP. And that's just kind of a natural progression where KCP is on a one-year deal in this upcoming season, and then he'll have a player option after that. He could either opt out and seek more money on the open market, or he could opt in and maybe they could extend him on a different on a reasonable contract. Or he could uh, just opt in and, and Denver has to be on that contract if, if KCP decide if he kind of falls off. I think that Christian's that perfect replacement for him though eventually. KCP is still a solid player in this league. Like he's still a, a starter in this league and deserves that nod for this entire rest of the season or for this entire upcoming season. Beyond that, we'll see what happens. We'll see what the best case is for the entire team, what the best situation is for Denver's roster and their rotation. It wouldn't surprise me if Christian, if he continues to push higher and higher, maybe he's in some closing lineups. Maybe he's in some opportunities where Jamal is at the one, Christian's at the two, MPJ at the three, Gordon at the four, and Jokic at the five. And you've got a really, really good team it's actually sneaky athletic. So I'd be curious about that. We will see what ultimately happens. But Christian's got to improve as a shooter in order to get to that point. He's got to improve as a playmaker. He's got to improve as a defender. He's got to improve all around. He is not done. And acting like he is would be really bad. You don't want guys like this to top out. You want him to continue to push as high as possible. Because the more he pushes... The more he pushes other guys, the better the Nuggets are going to be for it. I promise you that. So we will see what he ultimately becomes. I am obviously like I'm in his camp. I would love to see him continue to push higher and higher. I think that he's a great guy for the city of Denver to uh, like just to be a fan favorite. Like he's athletic. He's a hustler. He's going to get under people's skin. But I, I really have enjoyed the Christian Brown experience thus far. I think he's going to get even more Christian Brown going forward. I think that that is going to eventually happen. Should be very interesting. But folks, I think that is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll. 
Brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Really appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. As always, I will be back on Wednesday. Uh, I believe I'm going to have Matt Moore on for that particular episode. Should be a lot of fun. Really looking forward to the conversation. He's going to drop a very impressive list, and I'm looking forward to battling him every step of the way. We'll have a good time. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the pod. I'll talk to you guys Wednesday.